0: Good evening again, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. We're glad you're here if you're here in person, and if you're tuning in online, we're glad you're tuned in. Uh, If this is your first time here, or if it's your first time watching online, my name is Wade, and we are glad you're here. Let me pray for us, and we will get into tonight's message. Father, I just thank you for another opportunity to get up here and share what you've laid on my heart. And God, I just pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear what you had to say to us tonight. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to, to be obedient to what you show us tonight. And uh, actually be the people that you've called us to be. So we can bring glory to your name, Father. And uh, build up the body of Christ. And we'll give you the glory for that. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. <coughs> If you were here last week, we talked about how we shouldn't be offensive. Uh, We shouldn't be offensive towards other people because we're supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. So when we offend somebody, it's not us that we're giving a bad name. We're we're putting on a bad bad name for God and for Jesus Christ and for the church itself. You know, we, we can't be offensive. All through the Bible is what we talked about last week. God wants us to have mercy. Just like He has towards us. He wants us to have compassion towards people. Just like He has compassion towards us. And, uh, you know, we shared a little bit about the story of the Good Samaritan last week. And I love the last two verses in that parable. And uh, that's what God is telling us to do. In Luke 10, the last two verses in that parable are 36, verse 36 and verse 37. And uh, He's asking His disciples... You know, which one of these people in this parable actually was a neighbor to this person? You know, which one actually helped him? Which one actually showed him the love and the compassion that we're supposed to have toward him? And in verse 37, he said, he that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said unto him, go and do you likewise. Uh, And that's what he's telling us. Go and do likewise. He wants us to imitate him. He wants us to act like him go and do likewise jesus wants us to be compassionate and he wants us to have mercy too like he does he wants us to forgive and he wants us to have grace you know we were saved by grace uh, by the forgiveness of our sins so why do we think it would be okay for us to be judgmental and critical of other people you know I, i think about that a lot you know every one of us if we've been saved by the grace of god We were forgiven of our sins, no matter what we did. Uh, Some of us have a a really bad past. Some of us, not so bad. But every one of us were considered a sinner in God's eyes. And when we came to Him and uh, realized our need for a Savior, God had grace on us. He forgave us of our sins, and uh, not by something we did. None of us have earned the grace. It's a free gift of God. And Jesus also says in another place, you know, Freely you've been given, you know, freely you have received, freely give. So just the simple fact that we have been forgiven and we are saved, that should be enough for us to forgive others, to have mercy on them and to have forgiveness for them. Because they need the same exact thing that we needed. We needed forgiveness, we needed mercy, and, and we needed grace. So it's not okay for us to, you know, to not offer forgiveness to others. Uh, that's nowhere in the Bible. And uh, that brings us to tonight's message. You know, who do you think God is? There's a point in the Bible, and we'll get there here in a little bit, but uh, where Jesus asked His disciples, you know, who do people say that I am? And who do you say that I am? So who do you think God is? That's what our message is going to be on this week. Uh, I shared this verse with you last week in Matthew 5 and verse 20. Uh, He said for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, You know why were the Pharisees the way they were you know they were the way they were because all they knew about God was his law his commandments his rules and his regulations uh, that's all they knew was judgment and laws. They didn't know anything about the love of God. They didn't know anything about the mercy of God. They didn't know anything about the compassion of God. All they knew was the law. And their whole religion, their whole life, revolved around finding flaws in other people. You know, they, they would spend all their time trying to catch somebody uh, breaking the law so that they can condemn them for it and judge them for it and punish them for it. That's how they saw God. They saw God as a judgmental, punishing God because they didn't have the love of God in their hearts. All they had was the law. And uh, that is a scary place to be. But that's why they were the way they were. They thought they were godly. They thought they were doing the very best they could to serve God and be godly people. But if you take the love of God out of it, all you're left with is the law. And we can't love anybody with the law. All we can do is judge them and punish them and condemn them. So that's how they reflected God. You know, they were representatives who God was supposed to be, and uh, we are too. We're ambassadors for Christ. It says that in Second Corinthians chapter five and verse twenty. And I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, Matthew five twenty and Second Corinthians five twenty—they both, they're. You know, they were ambassadors of God. And Jesus said, if you act like them, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But in Second Corinthians 5.20, it says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're represent- representatives of God, too. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. So it's not our job to point out their flaws. It's our job to try to reconcile them back to God and not point out their flaws. Uh, Pastor Josh says all the time, we do what we believe. You know, you don't do what you say you believe. You do what you actually do believe. Your actions prove what you believe. Uh, You know, you can say you believe in God, you can say you believe in all kinds of things, but your actions prove what you believe in your heart. he shares this verse a lot, or it has been the last couple of weeks. But in Job chapter 6, in verse 14, in the New King James Version, it says, To him who is afflicted, kindness be, should be shown to him by his friend, even though he forsakes the fear of the Almighty. And uh, that's how we're supposed to be. If people are living in sin, or people are sinners, and they uh, are rejecting the fear of the Almighty, there's probably a reason for that. They don't need to know what their sin is. They already know. They need to be shown some kindness. You know, maybe they are forsaken the fear of God. Maybe they're rejecting a false God that's been represented to them, just like the, the Pharisees represented a, a God that all he did was judge them and condemn them. You know, who wouldn't uh, reject that? Nobody wants a God like that. So we can't judge people Even if they're forsaking the fear of God, maybe they're not rejecting the real God. Maybe they've just never seen Him. Maybe they've never experienced the love of God. Maybe all they have experienced and maybe all they've seen is criticism and judgment. And, uh, you know, they're not rejecting God at all. That's what they're rejecting is a false representation of God. And that's important for us when we're out and about and we're calling ourselves Christians to give an accurate uh, description of God in the way we live and in the way that we treat other people. Uh, Jesus himself, he didn't go around judging people. He went around preaching the truth, and that's all we're supposed to do. People judge themselves, and I judge myself. You judge yourself by hearing the truth and choosing whether or not to obey it. Uh, That's how we're judged, by whether or not we obey what we know. So we don't have to judge other people. They judge themselves. Uh, so Jesus didn't judge other people. He didn't find flaws in them and accuse them and condemn them. You know, that's not godly at all. One of my favorite verses is Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And uh, I take that verse to mean that if I'm in Christ, God don't condemn me. He don't hold anything against me. I am forgiven. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. But I think it also means if you are in Christ Jesus, you're going to be walking after the Spirit. You're going to be walking in the Spirit. There shouldn't be any condemnation coming out of you either. There's no condemnation for you, and there shouldn't be any coming out of me if I belong to Christ. Uh, and if there is condemnation coming out of me it's not coming from the Holy Spirit it is coming from my flesh you know that verse says if we are in Christ Jesus and we walk not after the flesh there's no condemnation but if we have condemnation for others then we're not after the Spirit we're still walking in the flesh Uh, like I said finding flaws in other people and accusing them is not godly at all that is actually satanic and if that's all you focus on is other people's flaws other people's sins other people's whatever they're doing if that's all we do that is satanic you know revelation 12 and verse 10 talks about that it's talking about satan and it says and i heard a loud voice saying in heaven now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. Uh, I love the way that verse says, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. What is the power of his Christ? He is the perfect sacrifice. He completely defeated sin and Satan and death, hell and the grave. His power is salvation, the forgiveness of sins through his blood. And that's exactly what it says in Ephesians 1, in verse 7. It says, in whom, talking about Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And that's how we should reflect God, not by accusing people. You know, we just read in Revelations, if we accuse people, that's what the the Bible calls Satan, the accuser of the brethren. So if I'm doing that, I'm actually helping him do his job. I'm actually being satanic, and that is not right. But we should reflect God with love and forgiveness and offer of a relationship with a God and a Savior who loves us, not accuses us, and not condemns us. Uh, He holds no record of wrongs towards us, and He will accept you just the way you are, especially in this part of the country. You know, I can't stand it when people say, you need to straighten up and go to church. You know, they look down on people because they're not living a godly life. You can't get it together and come to church. That's why Christ died for us. Another one of my favorite verses, and we share this one every week, is Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, God showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God knows our need, and he knows where we're at, and he knows we didn't put ourselves here i tell you all the time, we were born into sin. Nobody chose to be a sinner. We're born with the sin nature. And God knows that. And He made us a way to be forgiven, to be redeemed, and to receive salvation. And we've got to be willing to give that to other people. Just like Christ did for us, we've got to meet people right where they are. And uh, He accepts us just where we are. And He will lead you and guide you to a better life here. And uh, eternal life after life here. Not condemning. Uh, like I said earlier, God don't condemn anybody. We do that to ourselves when we hear the truth and we, re- we reject it. You know, we refuse to submit to God and obey what he says. That's not God's judgment. That's our choice. That's what we choose to do. Uh, like I said to start with, You know what you believe is what you're going to do that's how you actually live your life you live your life by what you believe not what you say you believe Uh, you know if I believe 1 John 4 that God is love then what am I going to do I'm going to love but if I don't believe God is love then I'm not going to love other people he that loveth not knoweth not God God is love So if I believe God is love, I'm going to love. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 11, in verse 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Learn of me. If you really want to be godly, learn about Jesus. Study about Jesus and learn about the character of God and imitate him. You know, we don't become more godly by learning the law and memorizing the law and doing all those things. We become more godly by studying who Jesus is. And that's what he was trying to tell the early church. You know, the law cannot save you. The law cannot shed love abroad in your heart. But I can. That's what he means about learn of me. He's meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest unto your souls. You know we frustrate ourselves trying to keep the law, trying to earn God's approval, and we we can't do that, but we can come to Christ and make him our Lord, and the Holy Spirit that we receive when we do that will show us his character. Then all we have to do is be more like him, love other people, forgive people when they do us wrong. Just try to imitate Jesus. Uh, Proverbs nine and verse ten. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So we have to learn about Jesus, and we have to learn about God. You know, I, I do a class on, on Monday night, and uh, I told them on Monday night, you know, our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus, the Bible refers to it as a marriage. You know, we are the bride of Christ. If you have been saved by grace and you belong to Him, then we are, you are part of the bride of Christ. And I told them I could be married to a wonderful woman, but if I've never spent any time with her, then I'm not going to know anything about her. You know, if I don't talk to her, spend time with her, uh, learn her characteristics, learn how she does things, just learn something about her, then I'm not going to know anything about her. You know, I wouldn't know what she's like or what she expects from me I just wouldn't know anything about her. And it's the same with our relationship with God. Uh, We have to learn about him. Don't just go study his law, but study him personally. You know, all through the Bible, all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, God is trying to save us and restore us and rescue us from ourselves and from our sin nature. That is not a condemning, judgmental God. That's a God of love. And you won't never know that until you start spending time with him and uh reading his word and talk to him in prayer actually spend some time with god and let him talk back to you you know most of our prayer lives have been reduced down to what we want and uh most of the time it's not even our needs anymore in this day and age everybody just wants what we want not what we need we're especially in this country we are spoiled we want what we want and uh If we'll take time in our prayer life to actually listen to what God has to say, He will speak to you, and He'll tell you what He wants. And if you'll read His Word, He will reveal to you what He wants. But ever since the Garden of Eden, Eden, we have been deceived into believing that God is against us, that there is a judgment coming. And there is a judgment coming for those who are not in Christ. That's the gospel. God loves you come to Christ and be saved you know he don't want anybody the Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish but all would repent and be saved Uh, I deal with people all the time that are so deceived just like I was uh, before I came to Christ and that's all it is is deception the enemy tries to get us so focused on other things and make this life seem so important that we haven't we don't even have a desire to seek God. We're just trying to make it through the day. Uh, I can remember those days, and they were hard. You know, all we can see is our addiction. Uh, I need a drink, or I need my drugs, or maybe I'm in a bad relationship, and that's all I can, that's all I got time for, is dealing with this drama, dealing with this. One problem right after another. Or maybe it's financial ruin, whatever it is. And I'm saying life is not hard. Life is hard, but At the end of the day, that is just a smokescreen to keep you from seeing the truth. You need a Savior. You need Jesus Christ, and all that other stuff will be taken care of. But he wants to keep us deceived and keep us distracted all the way to the end of our life, and I see that happen a lot. People get deceived, and they're so worried about these things all the way up until the end of their life, and they never took the time to see the importance of, I need a Savior. You know, I tell you all the time, when this life ends, none of those things are going to matter. You will stand before Jesus, and then the only thing that's going to matter is if you belong to Him or not. And Satan knows that. In Second Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 4, it says, In whom the God of this world, which is Satan, has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them it's all deception he blinds us with problems he blinds us with addictions he blinds us with bad relationships he blinds us with unruly children and we think man if I can just get these things straightened out then I'll start going to church I'm not going to church like this and that's what he wants us to think but the truth is if we'll bring our problems bring Whatever it is to church with us, God will help us sort them out. Uh, He did, my life was a mess when I came to Christ. And uh, I relied on Matthew 6, verse 33. Just seek Him and His righteousness first. And all these other things He will take care of. So that's what I did. I didn't try to fix my problems. I didn't even deal with any of them. I just stopped. Brought my life to a dead stop and I sought God with everything I had, and uh, even without me doing anything, He started fixing one of those problems right after the other until they were all dealt with, and I didn't do a thing. God's Word is true. If you truly do put Him first, He will uh, straighten your life out for you, and uh, not just this life. You get eternal life after this one. That's, a, that's the biggest deception there is is focusing on what we have right in front of us, right here, right now. We've all got problems and uh, sometimes they do get overwhelming. But don't let that distract you until the end of your life and stand before Jesus without Him. He wants to keep our minds so busy that we won't even consider coming to Christ uh, when that is the only thing that's going to work. But it's hard to convince somebody to take your focus off your problems and pick your eyes on Jesus, and it'll work out. And uh, I can't tell you how he's gonna work out your problems, but I know how he worked out mine. And I'm 100% positive in my heart that he'll work yours out too if you'll fully surrender to him and just do the things he asked you to do. I know he will. And we'll never lead anybody to Christ or lead anybody to salvation. By being ungodly. You know, I don't get them there by changing them. I get them there and you get them there by changing me. Uh, You know, I can't see the flaws in other people and say, you need to do this, do this, do this, and then God will accept you. All I can focus on is me and uh, get my relationship with Him where it's supposed to be. Get rid of my flaws. You know, Jesus said, You know, you can't get the speck out of your brother's eye if you've got a a log hanging out of yours. God don't want us to focus on other people's flaws. He wants us to to get rid of our own flaws. So I have to change myself and become more like Him by learning about Him so I can be more like Him. Uh, We just read Proverbs 9 and 10 where it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. But I want to share a couple more Proverbs with you. There's a few more things that the fear of the Lord is and is not. And uh, God wants us to know these things. Proverbs 8 and verse 13, it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. You know, God teaches us, this is who I am. I am love. This is who I am not you know if we're going to fear the Lord we have to hate evil pride arrogancy in the evil way uh, that is wisdom to know what God hates not just what he loves but what we should not be too you know God hates evil okay so I'm not going to participate in evil and I I won't wish it or bring it on anybody you know I can remember the old days if somebody did me wrong I wished evil on them and if I was capable of it I would do evil to them. But uh, if I'm gonna be in Christ, then I won't do that. I won't participate in it, and I won't wish it or bring it on anybody, or pride. You know, we see that is just rampant in this world. Everybody wants to outdo everybody else. I wanna be number one. I'm gonna take care of number one. You know, it's even parents. Take care of themselves before they do their kids. The wife takes care of herself before she does the husband, and vice versa. And you know God hates that. Arrogancy. Uh, You know, I won't start being self-righteous and thinking that I'm better than somebody and begin to judge and criticize them. If God hates that and I want to be godly, then I'm not going to do that. (coughs) In the evil way, I'm not going to go along with the world just because something's popular and socially acceptable. You know, there's a lot of ungodly things. Most things that are acceptable in today's society are not godly. You know, if I'm going to be godly, I'm going to have to live out my faith by being obedient to what God's Word says and be an example in a lost and dying world and not be part of it. You know, I'm going to come out and be separate instead of being part of it. And, you know, And not condemning anybody, but asking them to come with me. Tell them, this is why I don't participate in that. Because God's Word says different, and I'm going to follow the Lord. You know, don't condemn them for what they're doing. Just tell them why you're not doing it. There's a big difference there, you know. It's easy to stand back and say, you shouldn't do that. That's a sin. It's a whole other thing to say, I used to do that too. But Jesus Christ saved me, and uh, now I live for Him. And the Bible says that's wrong, so I don't do that anymore. But I understand why you do it. I used to do it too. There's a big difference in judging somebody and telling them that God saved you from that. You know, we're called to be a light in the darkness, not just get out of the dark. If we all just got saved and then had a secret society, then who else is going to get saved? Nobody. God didn't call us out of the world. He called us to be a light in the world. And a froward mouth. I looked that word up because I've read it a million times and I didn't really know what it meant. That word froward, it means difficult to deal with. Uh, You know, Jesus said, learn of me. Don't be difficult to deal with. You know, learn who Jesus is and study him. And you'll start to believe in a God of love. And you'll start to do what you believe. And you'll start becoming more like him. You know, just that one simple verse right there. There's all these things that I know now God hates. And if I'm going to be godly, I don't need to do those things. Uh, Another fear of the Lord, it's in Proverbs 2. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So that tells me, you know, don't be foolish. Study Jesus like he said. Learn of him and receive his wisdom and his instruction you know don't live my life based on who the world says God is and come to the end of your life like I was saying and stand before God who's not like that at all you know most of us or most people the only knowledge they have of God is what the world offers them what the world tells them and that's not who God really is you know don't don't throw your life away believing a lie that the world is telling you. know, we just read in 2 Corinthians that the, the God of this world is blinding the minds of those people so they won't come to God and learn the truth about Him. You know, God loves you, and He wants to save you, but you've got to receive it. And you have to believe that He loves you, and you have to trust Him. Uh, you know, I share these verses at the end of every service to give people an opportunity to come to Christ. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, But if you don't really believe in your heart that God loves you, you're not going to trust him. And if you don't really believe in your heart that God loves you, and Jesus died for you and rose again, then you're never going to fully surrender your heart to His. And I believe that's where a lot of people are right now. Even people that come to church. They come to church. We go to classes. We do these things. But deep down in our hearts, do we really believe that God loves us? Do we really believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross? And here's... I think is the biggest one, do we really believe that God has forgiven me of all my sin and that I'm standing before him clean and that I'm welcome in heaven? I think that's where a lot of people are. You know, all of, most people, all their lives, they've heard of a different God and they've been convinced of that by the way church people have treated them. And I think, you know, now more than ever, it's our responsibility to show people who the real God is. He is loved. He is forgiven. He is compassionate. He is kind. You know, is that the way I'm living when I'm not at church? When I'm at Walmart, am I kind to people? You know, let's not be those people that that give God a bad name. Let's be the people that represent the true God. You know, let's represent a risen Savior (coughs) that died for you because he loved you to get you out of sin and not to judge you for being in it we are all been at it. Uh, Jesus asked his disciples in Matthew chapter 16. Uh, these are the verses I was talking about earlier. And I'm going to read them to you. Verses 13 through 19. It says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're... Elias or Elijah and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets and he said unto them but who do you say that I am and Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered and said unto him blessed are you Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you but my father which is in heaven and I say also to you That you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whosoever shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What he's telling him is, you know the truth about me. You believe the truth about me. You know, the world don't know who Jesus is. The world don't know Jesus. They haven't learned of him. They haven't surrendered their life to him, and they have not experienced his love in their heart. Peter knew Jesus loved him, and he knew he was the Son of God. But the world did not know who Jesus was. You know, they don't know how much he loved them. And I, I firmly believe if the world knew how much Jesus loved them, and they believed it, the whole world would get saved today but they don't trust God and they don't believe in God because he's been represented the wrong way for so long. Everybody thinks he's judgmental and mean and that is not who God is at all. You know, they don't believe it because they're not seeing it and they're not seeing it because his, his church and I'm not picking on grace. I'm talking about the church as a whole worldwide is not showing the love of Christ like it should. Uh, A good example of that, I had to go to Jefferson City yesterday, you know they were doing some paving out here on 92 and this lady cut me off, she pulled right out in front of me. She had church stickers all over her car about how godly she was, even her license plate was one of those uh, personalized license plates and I'm not going to tell you what it said because you might know her or you might run across her yourself. But she had all these godly stickers all over her car, even had a personalized license plate, and she was cussing every person she was getting close to, shaking her fist at them and yelling at them. And that is the kind of Christian the world is used to seeing, and that's why they don't believe in God. You know, we can't be like that. If we're going to represent God, if we really care about the salvation of other people, We've got to act like we do. You know, we need to be like Peter and believe in our hearts that Jesus is who he says he is and know he's coming back, and we should be telling as many people about him as possible. And uh, not just telling them, but showing them in our actions and how we live our lives. You know, don't just tell people about your faith. They should be able to see evidence of your faith in the way you live and in the way you treat them and in the way that you treat other people. You know, The reason we don't see that any more than we do is because of what James talks about in James chapter 4. I want to read verses 1 through 10 to you. And uh, it's a sad thing, but I think a whole lot of the church today is in these 10 verses right here. It says, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? i say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done, and let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up in honor. All through those verses, it's talking about, you know, it started out, we are the way we are we argue because we're selfish we have very selfish uh, mindsets all over the world it's selfish mindsets and it referred to it as being unfaithful a few times you know like i said we're the bride of christ we're selfish we don't care about other people we want to please ourselves and we're not faithful to god we let things that we want things that we desire drag us away from Him. Even though we know those things are what we should be doing, we still choose to please ourselves instead of God Himself. Uh, And uh, back to verse 4 in the King James Version, it says, You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God, and whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. That word enmity there That means uh, to actually actively be opposed to or hostile towards somebody or something. So when we're choosing the things that God says, you know, that you shouldn't be doing that, but we choose to do it anyway, we're opposing God. We're saying, I know what you said, but I don't want to do that. I'm going to do it my way. And uh, I think we do that a lot, and we don't even realize it. You know. We may have a list of ten things God says don't do, and we'll be like, well, I can give up these nine, but this one, I don't see a problem with that, so I'm going to keep doing this. So we pick and choose at God's Word and what He says we should or should not do, and that, the Bible says, is we're standing in opposition to God. We're saying, I know what you said, but I don't want to obey it. I'm going to keep doing it my way. And uh, all I can say, if you do have a mindset like that, is it's not going to work out good for you because one day you will stand face to face with Christ and I guarantee you there will be no arguing with him and there will be no convincing him that you're right. You know, if he is my Lord, then it's his way, not mine. Uh, And we'll never share the gospel with anybody else if we're living in disobedience because you can't have a life of disobedience and have the Holy Spirit leading you at the same time. And the only way we're going to lead anybody to Christ or to salvation is with the help and the divine power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Josh has been preaching. If you've been here on Sunday mornings, he's been talking about Nehemiah and uh, how Nehemiah changed his whole life because he was heartbroken about the state of Jerusalem, about his people. You know, it had got besieged and they burnt the city, tore tore it to pieces. And it broke his heart because he cared so much about other people, and we've got to get to where that bothers us too. We should see the state of people and want them to come to Christ. You know, he was heartbroken about it. I mean, if we go out here and look at the world today, that should break our hearts. That's what Josh had been saying on Sunday morning. Our our gates are burnt. Our city is in ruins. Just look at the whole world. You know, that should. That should bother us. But even closer than that, you know, we've got to get to the point where we take it personally, just like Nehemiah did. What do I need to do? You know, I need to look in the mirror and see if my walls are burned down, if my gates are burnt. You know, how is my relationship with God? Am I really being obedient to him? Or or am I doing like I just described? Am I being obedient to a point? But I'm not going to move on this. You know, we can't do that. We're either, Jesus says we're either with Him or against Him. Uh, and I've been looking at myself the last couple of weeks. And to be completely honest, you know, there's a lot of things I feel that I don't like. You know, there's areas where I am being selfish. That I, and I am working on them. You know, I'll never get up here and preach anything to you that I'm not doing myself. And there's good things in my life, too. And I attribute those to God. But there are some bad things that I know I need to work on and I know I'm not the only one. Uh, Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he said to them all, you know, I like the way he didn't just say that to his disciples. He said to all of them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And I got to thinking the last couple of weeks, am I really doing that? Am I really denying myself? in the areas where God is telling me I need to? You know, am I really following Him? When He says, follow me, that don't just mean follow in a loose sense, you know, start going to church or whatever. No, that that means to step where I step, do what I do and say what I say. Jesus is saying, if you're going to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and do what I do. Imitate me, you know, don't just Start going to church, actually change your life, actually change your heart, actually start being obedient to God's word, actually start living a godly life. Uh, so like I said, I've been uh, checking myself out the last couple of weeks, and there are areas I need to I need to bring to God and get where they need to be. And I think we all have areas uh, that we need to work on. So Jesus says, do what I do, say what I say, imitate me. And here's a, here's a hard one, forgive what I forgive. You know, if God forgives, how can, we, how can we refuse to forgive somebody and call ourselves followers of Christ? You know? I don't understand how we get that kind of a mindset. If God will forgive it, then what right do I have to not forgive it? So how do you see God? You know, how do you reflect God as one of his ambassadors? That is a real question. You know, am I loving people and really concerned about their salvation? Or am I like the Pharisees and just want to look godly in front of people? Or am I like, we just read in James what he's talking about? Am I enmity with God? Am I opposing him in some area of my life? Jesus is coming back, and it's too late when he gets here to change your mind. if you're in any kind of a ministry or a marriage or if you've got kids, you know, it don't really matter. We've all got influence on somebody. We are the reflection of God that somebody sees. And we've got to realize that. And we got to realize that never stops. You don't ever shut it off. You don't ever, glad the day's over. Now I'm going here and take my God jacket off and just be myself. That should be ourselves. No matter where we are, no matter what's going on, We should be the same everywhere we go. And people need to see that. They need to see that we're constant in our faith. We're the same person here as we are at home. We're the same person at home that we are here. Same person in Walmart. Same person in a struggle that we're in when things are going good. People need to see some constant in our faith. Uh, You know, this should do to us what it did for Nehemiah. You know, it should break our hearts for our own condition first. Get myself right with God, then it should break my my heart for the condition of other people. You know, our, our hearts should melt inside of us if we're not right with God. And we should be heartbroken over our own condition first. Then we've got to turn our, our attention to those around us. You know, people's eternities are, they're important. And we can't just live in our own little bubble and hope they make it. It's our duty. God called us to do it. You know, with love and not judgment. Uh, I know that's a a rough message, but that's what God put on my heart. And uh, that's what He's dealing with me on. And I hope that He's dealing with you on that too. And Like I said, that's not a condemning message. That should get you excited. Yes, I do want to be godly. And this is how I'm going to do it. Uh, And that being said, next week, Unless God changes his mind, we'll be talking about being in fellowship with God and how to not be at enmity with him, how to not be an enemy with God. You know, it don't do you a bit of good for me to get up here and point out a problem if I don't give you a solution to it. Uh, Like I said, I've been working on myself the last couple of weeks, and I've already made changes at my house. I'm doing things differently, and, uh, and I think a lot of us can do that. You know, I make I live by myself, so I'm not making changes to look good in front of anybody. It's just me and God at home. But I want to be on good standing with Him. I want to live a life that pleases Him. And uh, there were some things that I needed to change. You know, I shared Matthew 6:33 with you. Seek Him first. I'll share one of the things I changed with you. Uh, used to I'd get home from work. I'm already tired. All I want to do is take a shower and eat and Then if I got time, you know, then I'll read and then I'll go to bed. But while I'm taking a shower and eating, I turn the TV on and most times I'd wind up watching TV up until time to go to bed. So now when I get home, I go straight in there and I set my stuff down and I sit down and I do my reading first because I'm not going to forget to eat and I'm not going to forget to take a shower. And if I got time left to watch some TV, then that's fine. But I'm, I've got to get back to putting God first in everything and not just giving Him my leftovers. And uh, I hope you'll do the same because that, that really will change your life. That's what changed my life to start with. Like I told you a while ago, I put Him first and sought Him with everything I had. And He gave me the life I have today. And I don't want to get lazy in my faith and just turn my back on the God that rescued me. <coughs> I want to live the life He wants me to. So next week, and like I said, unless God changes it, we'll talk about how we can be in fellowship with God. But if you've never really surrendered your life to Christ, if you're just going through the motions, or if you've never heard about salvation, I always like to give that opportunity at the end of the message. And you don't have to be in church to get saved. If you're watching online, you can get saved right there on your couch. But in Romans chapter 10, and verses 9 and 10, it says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. In verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And I always like to tell you, it's really simple. You don't have to go into some big, long ritual. All you've got to do is just say in your heart, God, I need help. I need a savior Uh, and he'll hear that and he will answer you. And, but you got to mean it. You got to believe in your heart that God will save you and that Christ did die for your sins and that you are forgiven and that he is risen. And if you believe that verse 10 there says with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Tell somebody, say, I've chose to give my life to Christ today. And when you do that, the Bible says you are saved. Uh, just believe in your heart that you are forgiven you are now a child of god and the holy spirit will come in and give you some direction you won't be just left hanging or if you need a church you're more than welcome to come here we'll be glad to talk with you and help you do anything we can for you but don't let anybody tell you that you've done something so bad you can't be saved romans 10:13 13 says uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved And we've already read Romans 5, 8. It's because we were sinners that Christ came and died for us. And that's how God showed his love for us. So God don't hold being a sinner against you. He just made a way where we could live in eternity with him because he does love us. So like I said earlier, you don't get cleaned up and then go to church. Come to church and God God will clean you up. We can't do it on our own. If we could, we would, but we just can't do it. But that's my message for tonight. I hope that helps somebody. And uh, I hope you'll actually put these things into practice so that we can be the body of Christ that we're supposed to be. Uh, And next week, like I said, we'll hopefully be talking about how we can have a a fellowship with God and learn ways that we can grow in our relationship with Him personally. But uh, let me pray for us and we'll be dismissed. Father, I just thank you again for the message that you laid on my heart. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the courage to get up here and preach. And Lord, I just pray for everybody that's here and everybody that's tuned in online, Lord, that you would help us to to really think about these things, Lord. Your word says to let them sink in into our ears, sink into our hearts, Father. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to all take a good examination, an honest examination of ourselves, Lord. To see the good things, but also see the things that we need to work on. Lord, I just pray that you give us the courage to bring them to you and ask you for help to work on them. And I know you'll give us the the guidance and the help we need to do that. And we'll give you the glory for it. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen.